Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Jerry, how are you? I'm doing good, Jim. We just uh, finished up a nice uh, meeting with our biggest multifamily builders, uh, helping them uh, look to the future and see what's going on. And I think we're going to do a little bit of that today on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, we've got a, a, a new a new type of guest for us, so it's uh, it, it's really exciting to uh, to welcome a, a good friend of ours into the uh, into the studio, so to speak. Absolutely. Uh, I know that the, both of us have known Josh Elkin for many years, and it's uh, it's great to get his perspective on what's going on in the city, what the election might bring, and also since he happens to be the uh, chief lobbyist for. Major League Baseball, Jim, we might get some insights into our teams. Yeah, definitely. He's got one of the cooler jobs in, uh, in D.C. So uh, with, with that, let me let me bring in our, our guest, Josh Alkin, and introduce him to our, our listeners. Josh is the vice president of government relations for Major League Baseball, and he was uh, tapped to run the new Washington, D.C. office where he oversees the league's federal and state legislative strategy. Uh, and in, in that capacity, he has supported the league's priorities with respect to a diverse array of issues related to labor, homeland security, tax policy, immigration, telecommunications, sports gambling, and other issues. Sounds like he's got as broad a, broad a portfolio as NHB does. Uh, prior to coming in-house with the, uh, the commissioner's office, uh, Josh worked for Major League Baseball for nearly 15 years when he was with the firm Baker Hostetler. Of course, uh, our members know Baker Hostetler very well as being our outside counsel as well. Uh, and then prior to joining Baker, uh, Josh also served as a legislative assistant to former Senator Byron Dorgan from North Dakota, where he was a, an advisor to the Senator on Senate Judiciary and Commerce Committee issues. So Josh, welcome to Housing Developments. Thanks guys, it's uh, great to be with you. And I guess I should probably say upfront that um, any opinions expressed here are my own and not necessarily the uh, view of Major League Baseball, but with that, um, let's have at it. All right. Well, I guess the first thing, Josh, what, what are you working on? What what are the major issues, both at the federal and the state level, that that uh, are uh, on the table for Major League Baseball or baseball in general right now? Yeah, we've got a lot going on. Um, you know, sports gambling uh, in the states continues to be an issue that we're working on. Obviously, uh, something along the lines of 33, 34 states now have legalized sports gambling. Uh, other states continue to to consider it, and um, it's certainly been a priority for us to ensure that uh, what we call the integrity toolkit, various provisions uh, to maintain the integrity of the game on the field, uh, gets included in uh, in those laws. Um, we've got issues ranging from minor league working conditions to ticketing and how uh, uh, the primary and secondary ticketing markets work. Lots to keep me busy. Yeah, you know, Josh, I, I you know, it's, it's Jerry, Jerry raises a point, uh, you know, about kind of baseball's reach, obviously America's pastime, uh, something Jerry and I, you know, follow and uh, either grew up playing or uh, our sons played. So, uh, you know, anyway, I think baseball's the best of, of the, of the, of the, the majors, uh, major sports, I agree. but, but uh, I know you do. <laughs> uh, so, so let me, let, let me ask you, you know, there's, you know, there's a there's a seem to be an increasing uh, interaction between development and, and stadiums. You see more and more stadiums. I know we see it here in Washington D.C. 
where you know, it, there's just this great commerce center for all these uh, these markets built up around the ballpark. How, how much do, do you get involved in any of that? Is it is it uh, is that more just team by team? You know, but it seems like we're seeing more mixed use, seeing a lot of a, a lot of apartment development, but the ballpark's really becoming these 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 real focal points for 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 markets. Yeah, um, that's a that's a good observation and 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 certainly true. Um, I, I wouldn't say I get involved uh, at the local level in the efforts of our clubs um, to uh, be involved in these kinds of multi-use uh, um, developments, but uh, we've certainly seen it uh, with great success in places like Atlanta, um, places like uh, Texas, uh, Arlington, um, down in D.C. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I mean, um, there have been efforts in Congress to uh, eliminate the use of tax-exempt bonds for stadium development, uh, which is an issue I've been involved in. And, um, you know, baseball is a bit unique in the sense that we play 81 home games a year. So when you're talking about having an anchor tenant, if you will, um, a baseball stadium is a pretty darn good one uh, when you draw in folks down there 81 times a, a, a year. Yeah. Good point. All right, Josh, here's here's the bottom line. Okay. Jim and I are beginning our election year uh adventure uh where we bring in political people from around town, uh talk to them about the elections, what they see happening. So with that, with that in mind, Josh, look out into November. Tell me what you see. Uh pick a couple of uh of places where you think the races are, are tight. Uh, and then if you got any that you think, uh, you know, are going to be a surprise this far out, what, what, what's your just perspective on November right now? Yeah, I mean, um, look, I think the Democrats obviously have a lot of headwinds uh, going against them. One is just the, the pattern of losing uh, uh, seats during a midterm election. Um, th that's uh, historically what happens. Um, you know, midterm elections are also generally um, a referendum on how the president's performing, whereas, a, you know, in presidential election years, you have a choice. In midterm elections, it's generally just a referendum on the administration. And based on um, the polls, you know, every poll I've seen has uh, President Biden down in the low 40s, occasionally in the high 30s. Um, so that's another headwind that Democrats are facing. And then obviously, uh, economic conditions, you know, uh, whether they're of the administration's making or not, which I think reasonable people can argue about, um, they are what they are. And that certainly includes high inflation, including, you know, uh, uh, historically high gas prices, which really eats into people's pocketbooks. And so I think it's hard not to see a Republican uh, victory come November, at least on the House side. The Senate might be a little different. I, I think there are a lot of races there that are pretty close. And it's only a few races that are going to uh, decide control of the Senate. So um, we still have to see who wins uh, some primaries in places like uh, Pennsylvania and Missouri. And, but there are you know, states that I think are going to be really close. Nevada, uh, Arizona, uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. And uh, I think Senate control will, will really hinge on, uh, on those few states. Well, uh, I, I think uh, I think I agree with you on on those calls, uh, uh, particularly uh, the the Arizona and the Nevada race. Uh, I, it seems to me, and and Jim, I'm interested in your thoughts here too. The uh, the Wisconsin race, once he makes up his mind, 
I th- I think he's a tough candidate to beat in, in that state right now. Yeah, Ron Ron Johnson had, had only he agreed to be term limited himself. He changed his mind. Um, he's gotten he, he's by by trade a, a successful businessman when he when he ran originally. He's gotten more um, I think away from that and, and seems to be echoing former President Trump more and more. Um, and um, you know that's obviously thinks that plays well for his reelection prospects in November. You know, Wisconsin has been this weird, uh, you know, I won't call it purple. I still think it's more more blue than purple, but it, it, it went for, for President Trump and then it then reversed itself and went for President Biden. So um, I think he's going to have his work cut out uh, for him, but uh, but I, I wouldn't cut him out here. I think you're right. I think he's he knows what it takes to win up there. He's got the right, uh, as Josh used, headwinds for the president, uh, but tailwinds for Republicans that uh, that can, you know, probably drag him uh, over the uh, over the line, yeah. Look, and there's always a, a, a an inherent advantage that comes with incumbency, right? So it's right. hard to take out an incumbent. So um, I certainly um, I certainly wouldn't uh, uh, rule him out by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I do think I do think that race is probably pretty close to a toss up. Yeah, yeah. Josh, what <laughs> one race do you think might be? The most difficult for Republicans uh, among their incumbents that are up for re-election, and what race do you think might be the most difficult for Democrats uh, with an incumbent that's up? Really good question. I'd have to look at the list. You know, I think I think Pennsylvania. Uh, that's not an incumbent race. Obviously, that's an open seat race. But Pennsylvania, I think, is is one uh, where the Democrats have a really good chance to pick up a seat. The candidate uh, uh, who won, Lieutenant Governor Fetterman, um, obviously a little bit of a curveball got thrown into that race when he had a stroke on the eve of the primary election, although that didn't seem to impact the the, the election itself. And he beat Connor Lamb, who I think most folks thought was a pretty good candidate, and he beat him pretty handily in the primary. So um, I think he may be a, a, a very strong candidate. He's um, he's a little different than your uh, run yeah. uh, yes, Senate candidate. Uh, he campaigns in cargo shorts, t-shirts, and uh, but um, but I think that's a prime pickup opportunity for Democrats. Right. right. What about for Republicans? Is there one that you think they that they really got a beat on? Nevada is uh, uh, sort of uh, um, notorious swing state. Um, you don't have the Harry Reid political machine there anymore. Um, so that's one where I could see, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a competitive uh, Senate primary. Uh, Adam Laxalt, I think, is going to um, win that primary where I could see the Republicans picking up a seat. Yeah. And what's your what's your your prediction, your net prediction for uh, Republican pickups in the House right now? Uh, you know, I hate to make predictions. Uh, uh, people are always asking me to make predictions in baseball. I know a lot more about baseball than I do politics, and and those predictions are never right. So I can't imagine my political predictions. <laughs> right. But um, uh, you know, um, I would say uh, if I had to guess right now, somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five seats for the Republicans in the House. Okay, that's hmm. that's fair. Josh, you, you've got 30, 30 markets for, for the major league teams. Uh, for our listeners, you, you have a huge set of issues, like I, I said at the top, like we do. Um, obviously, you're bipartisan. You have to be. But give it for our listeners your lobbying tactics. Do you focus on those on only those 30 markets? 
uh, or do you do you talk to members from uh, from from every every corner? Uh, what's what's the, what's your strategy? Yeah, no, um, I I would say we definitely do not only focus on places where we have baseball teams. Um, in fact, you know, uh, uh, in many cases, uh, our owners have very good relationships with um, the senators from their home states, um, which is always helpful. Mm. Um, but um, you know, you've got to have really, particularly in the Senate, um, where uh, a it's fifty fifty, and b um, uh, an individual senator has a lot of power to uh, 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 be obstructionist or to uh, uh, move something forward. Um, you know, it's important to have relationships across the board. And so uh, we try to have relationships with as many folks as we can. All right. Well, listen, yeah. uh, we've uh, we've been privileged today to have with us a man who uh, in his uh, in his professional life is both Mr. October and Mr. November. Um, Josh Elkin with Major League Baseball. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Great. Thanks, Josh. Be with you. Thanks, Josh. You know, Jim, it's great to have a guy like Josh on. It's really interesting. Major League Baseball is such a powerful force in our country, both in in our social fabric, but also in in, in our economy. And uh, it, it's interesting to hear Josh's views on uh, the forthcoming election. And of course, for you and me, probably just as interesting to talk baseball. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great ambassador for the game here in D.C. Uh, you know, we, we run into him on the sidewalk. It's always, uh, it, it, you know, a, a passing conversation turns into 15 minutes because uh, he's always, always happy to answer questions about what's going on in the game. And, uh, and he's, he's certainly not without, uh, you know, they, they've got a they've got a, a big union that he'll deal with. Obviously, if he said he'd get to uh, get cross crossways every once in a while on, on some new idea they've got about how to make, make the game better frustration so great great to have josh on and and i, I like uh i like the, our series uh that will continue through the course of uh the summer on uh, bringing in different industry folks uh to talk about not only their industries but uh but their talk their their takes on the election absolutely so listeners please uh like our podcast subscribe to our podcast and tune in again next week for housing developments for now i'm jerry howard and i'm jim tobin bye Take- Take care.